Welcome back to the Fire Mark. I am your host, Alex Berg. I'm glad for you to join me today. Today is Friday, February, I'm sorry, Friday, January 21st, 2022. It is Fire Mark Fridays. Uh, don't forget the email address, abergufuf at hotmail.com. Email me back with questions, comments, concerns, trivia answers, whatever you feel like talking about. We can bring up any topics. Um, we have some trivia winners. We have uh, week one and week two winners, so thank you guys for listening. Um, I want to thank DR for hitting the trivia questions on week one and MB for hitting the trivia questions on week two. I'll be sending out those Target gift cards to you. Um, we have week three trivia coming up at the end of each segment here. $20 Target gift card. So we're going to jump right into our uh, current event segment here. Um, very exciting news this week. We have, uh, I just saw that England and Ireland lifted all their COVID mandates. So, um, Boris Johnson over in England, uh, said no more, no more masks, no more vaccine passports. Um, we also have news out of Virginia that, uh, the governor there, Glenn Youngkin, he also lifted restrictions, uh, COVID restrictions in the school. Um, also came out this week that the NHL, the National Hockey League, said that they're not going to be doing um, COVID testing of any asymptomatic players after the All-Star break. All-Star break should be in a couple of weeks. They were going to take it right around the time that they were going to do the Olympics. Um, so that's great news, too. I'm so glad, and hopefully the other sports follow suit. There's no reason to be testing asymptomatic players. You're going to get false positives. You're going to have to have teams and everything rescheduled and suspended for, for really nothing. Like if you're, if you don't have symptoms, you don't have COVID. I mean, that's it. I know that they kept saying the science said that you could still pass it, but then they just came out and the, the CDC admitted that asymptomatic uh, people don't spread the virus. So we're starting to move to, I guess what they call an endemic phase. Uh, thank God that uh, we're, we're finally seeing signs after two years that we're getting through this. Um, we may be finally getting back to some sort of normal. So that's big, big news. Um, very happy to hear that. Really, really am. Um, as you know, I've been, uh, talking on this podcast. Um, I've been listening to a lot of shows. Uh, I, I try to be fair. I listen to both the left and the right. Um, and, and listen to both sides so I can hear what everybody's, you know, moaning and complaining about. Um, in my opinion, from what I've heard, especially this week, way too much narcissism on both sides. I mean, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, on the left, they're screaming about voting rights and how they're going to lose the 2022 midterms due to lack of voting rights and nobody's going to come out and vote for their candidates and blah, 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 blah. Um, I mean, to me, it seems like if you campaign in a proper way and you get strong candidates, then you can have some success in an election. I mean, what they're doing right now before, like, the race has even started is setting it up for failure and blaming someone else for it. And, you know, once, it, you know, they, they don't even have to try because if it fails, they'll be like, well, look, we told you so because we already set up for failure. And it's just, that, that's just a horrible way to leave. What are we teaching our children to do that? I mean, you know, we, we always teach our children, you know, to fight as hard as you can, to try to give your 100% and give your all. And, and this is just setting up for failure and then blaming other people for your, for your faults. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. And then on the right, I mean, you just gotta go back to Trump. I mean, Trump was the biggest narcissist of them all. Um, 
you know, my opinion on Trump, just throw it out there. I mean, I liked him. You, you can't deny whatever side of the fence you're on that he wasn't entertaining. He definitely was entertaining. He made some wacky comments. He did some, I feel that he did do some good for this country. He did tell some untruths here and there. Um, but you know what? Uh, to be honest with you, it's, it's over. Um, you know, he, he did his four years. He's making some wacky comments and speeches now. And I mean, it's like he's buddy buddy with Giuliani and we all know that what the hell's going on with Giuliani? He's he's lost it ever since from 9/11. He was the best mayor that this world has ever seen, and now he's just just uh just whacked. Um, but contrary to what the left thinks, the right does not worship Trump as their king. Um, best both parties would be best to find other people to go ahead and carry the torch because. The bottom line is Trump and Biden are way too old to lead our country. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Biden started at 78. If Trump ran again in 2024, he would be 78. Hillary Clinton's getting up there, too. I mean, stop with this. I mean, I want to see them. You know, they have a, a minimum age for to be president, which is 35. They need to have a maximum age. I'm not trying to be an ageist, but I mean, you know, let, let's say 70. You're elected before you're 70, and that's a wrap. I mean, I think Reagan did a pretty good job. He was 69 years old. He was, I think, about a month before his 70th birthday when he inaugur got inaugurated. Um, so he was about 77 when he left office. And, you know, that, that's got to be the peak. You know, that's got I mean, starting at 78. I mean, this is ridiculous. What, a, what is Biden going to be, 86 years old when he leaves? If he wins, wins the second term, that's it's ridiculous. Um, I don't know. Someone said something funny to me and compared Joe Biden. I thought this was pretty funny to, uh, to the movie Weekend at Bernie's. For those of you who don't know, Weekend at Bernie's is a very funny 80s comedy about uh, two guys and their boss uh, invites him out to his beach house and he ends up uh, getting murdered before he gets there. But it's a comedy and they have to keep pretend that he's alive all weekend so that they're not uh, held as, as uh, uh, blamed for the murder. And it's a very, very funny movie. Um, but comparing Joe Biden to Weekend Bernie's is like it's being, he's being propped up and he's being a puppet of other people and, and doing stuff for him. And I thought that was a very, uh, very funny analogy. So, um, I was listening to some shows and, and people were happy with Biden's speech that he gave this week. I mean, I listened to it. It, it was kind of neutral. It, it was one of his better speeches, but that's still not saying much. But, but, you know, if you talk to the left, the left is like, oh, you know, Biden, I think he's doing a great job and he's, he's playing chess with the Republicans. And, and I listen to that and I'm like, you're playing chess? I'm like, this man's barely playing go fish. It's ridiculous out there. I, I just, Joe Biden, in my opinion, he's, he's playing Twister and Operation when he really should be thinking about playing games like, uh, Sorry and Trouble. You know, it's it's just ridiculous. Uh, the left just sits there um, on their shows, and they love to blame the unvaccinated. Even Biden says this is a pandemic of the unvaccinated. Um, yeah, newsflash: we were all unvaccinated a year ago. I hate that term. Um, there's no reason to keep using that term. It's elitist. It is virtue signaling, and I, I really find it disgusting. Um, and most importantly, I feel that it causes a divide during this time where, where we really need to come together. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's just not an appropriate term. I, I wish people would definitely start, uh, not using it anymore. Um, also this week on a personal note, um, right around Thanksgiving, I lost one of my mentors. Um, 
this was a battalion chief for the St. Cloud Fire Rescue Department. His name was Dave Thomas, and he passed away. Uh, he had cancer, and he only had been retired from the department for a couple of years. Passed away, was only 57 years old, just just way too soon. And this man was such a such a great person, a uh, mentor of mine. I, I did a lot of clinical ride times over at St. Cloud Fire Rescue. Um, he taught me a lot about leadership, about, you know, behavior around the fire station, uh, things about me personally. I mean, stuff that he taught me, I still carry and think about to this day. And it's, it's a tragic loss. It really is. This, this man was just amazing. And so I felt it necessary. Um, on Monday, uh, the 17th, they had a celebration of life for him. So I went down to St. Cloud for the celebration of life. I saw some old friends from St. Cloud Fire Rescue. Um, there were people that spoke. There were tributes. There was a slideshow. They called him Super Dave, which I thought was great. And I mean, the way this man was eulogized was the best eulogies I've ever seen. I mean, tragically that he dies at 57 years old, but he packed a life into those 57 years. And he had eulogies given to him that any one of us would be honored if if we had somebody that could give a eulogy like like these men did. And I mean, I think there were four or five speakers that all spoke so highly of him. Um, so, you know, to, to Battalion Chief Dave Thomas, I miss you, bud. And, um, you know, you meant a lot to me. So, uh, I, I, I'm really blessed to have known you during, during that time. So, um, on to our trivia question. Um, speaking of Dave Thomas, it's a different Dave Thomas, but what fast food chain was started by Dave Thomas? Not the Dave Thomas I spoke about, another one. But what popular fast food franchise was started by Dave Thomas? So that's the trivia question for our segment one here. And we will be right back with sports on the fire mark. Hello and welcome back to the Fire Mark. I'm your host Alex Berg and this is our sports segment. You are hearing Twilight Zone from the European band 2 Unlimited back from the 90s. This is a great, great hockey anthem and I'm a big, big hockey fan. Um, speaking of hockey, last Friday I was blessed to go ahead and spend some quality time with my son Benny, six years old. And... Um, we traveled down to South Florida to see a hockey game. The Florida Panthers were hosting the Dallas Stars. Uh, reason for going to that game, um, some of you may know, but uh, basically um, I'm a big, big hockey fan. Um, I started following hockey back in the early 90s. In On March 28, 1994, my father took me to my very first hockey game, and it was at the old Miami Arena. The Florida Panthers hosted the Dallas Stars. The Panthers were down 5-2. to two. They got two late goals and almost completed the comeback, but unfortunately didn't. Uh, lost 5-4. to four. So fast forward to a year ago. It was February 25th of last year. And I was at my parents' house in South Florida. 
And the Panthers were again hosting the Stars. The Panthers were down 2 nothing to the Stars, and they got three goals in the last five minutes, and this time completed the comeback and won the game. And that was the last sporting event um, I got to watch with my dad because he passed away a few weeks later. So I thought it would be a nice tradition to take my son to the first hockey game, his first hockey game, like my dad took me to my first hockey game with the same two teams. So <clears throat> we went down for the game. It was uh, pretty emotional for me, but Ben loved it, and the Panthers played amazing. They won the game 7-1. to one. In fact, Sam Bennett had a hat trick, so um, it's only like the second or third game I've ever been to where a player got a hat trick, and uh, the, the hat trick, for those that don't know, is three goals by one player, and everybody was throwing their hats in the center of the ice, which is a tradition, and it was great, and my son got to see it, and... Um, you know, my favorite part of it was when, um, Ben pretended that he had a video game controller in his hand and he was, uh, controlling the players. And I thought that was so, so cute. And he had a blast. I had a blast. It was a very good tribute to my dad and, uh, it's a tradition I look forward to doing every year. Um, Dallas only comes to South Florida once a year. So every year we'll be hitting up that Dallas Stars Florida Panthers game. So that, that was a really special moment. Um, Excuse me. Moving on. Um, interesting week. A lot of stuff going on on sports. Um, over the weekend, uh, Novak Djokovic, the number one tennis player in the world, um, was expelled, deported from Australia. So the Australian Open is going on right now, and he's not going to get to play. And it's a big moment for him because he was going for his 21st Grand Slam title, which would be the most ever on the men's side. And... Australia didn't care. They wanted him out. Um, they wanted him out, and they wanted him out because he's not vaccinated from COVID-19. Um, I'm not a Novak Djokovic fan. Uh, I don't like – he's arrogant. He's cocky. I love his, his play. I mean, his play, you can't deny, is amazing, and he's one of the best tennis players ever. But I just don't like like his style and his demeanor. But that being said – this suspension of him playing is absolutely ridiculous, in my opinion. Um, they had exemptions that he, if he had COVID-19 previously, that he could still come into the country and play. He had COVID-19 supposedly in December, supposedly showed proof of it. A judge overturned the initial expulsion of the country, but then the um, foreign minister, I think his name was Alex Hawk, said that he didn't care, and he went ahead and deported Novak anyway. And he especially did it, which was kind of a harsh move over the weekend, when you knew you wouldn't be able to go into the courts. Um, he could have done it any time last week, but he decided to do it either Saturday or Sunday, and the tournament was starting Monday, which was no time for him to go ahead and face a judge to try to get that overruled again. That, ridiculous. Um, I saw a quote, and I'm going to quote this from a from a reliable source that I saw, um, reporting on this, and this is um, from uh, Score Mobile, which I have on my phone here, and it says, quote, Djokovic had argued that he was exempt from strict Australian vaccination rules because he had recently recovered from COVID-19. But once he arrived in the country, Australian authorities said that exemption wasn't valid due to public interest and revoked his visa, saying his presence could stir up anti-vaccine sentiment and that kicking him out was necessary to keep Australians safe. Now, end quote. Now, if that's the reason, that is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, 
your exemption isn't value. They had a rule. He had an exemption. They didn't deny because of public interest. His presence could stir up anti-vaccine sentiment. I mean, it sounds to me that it's not about Djokovic or protecting people. It's it's about protecting the government. It's about protecting your narrative. It's about protecting what you're pushing on your citizens in these draconian measures. Uh, it sounds like propaganda and controlling the narrative to me. Just kind of like a country, uh, I don't know, Germany did in the 1930s, where they were uh, writing the papers a certain way against certain groups of people and and commercials on the radio. I mean, my God, this this is the most biggest black eye I've ever seen in my life for a country. And, you know, in my opinion, as harsh as it sounds, but back in the day, Australia started as a prison colony. And in my opinion, they're right back to being one again. Um, something's got to change. Their, their president, Scott Morrison, I think there's an election in May. They got to get him out and got to get back to some sort of normalcy because what is going on over here, it's not government. It's not humanity, in my opinion. It's absolute farce. So that's my piece. That's my rant on that. Um, over the weekend, we had the NFL playoffs, too, so that was exciting to see. We have the super wild, wild card weekend. They, uh, I think it's the second year they've been doing it, so they got the extra team in there. So I think they had uh, six games over the weekend, so I, I did catch a good amount of football. Um, kind of always been a little bit of a closet Bengals fan. Um, one of my first uh, fondest Super Bowl memories was watching... Um, the Super Bowl back in 1989, and Joe Montana led the 49ers on the drive to beat the Bengals. I think 20 to 16. Um, really wanted Cincinnati to win. It was it was a good game. Um, and they've they've been like the lovable losers like for years and years and years. And and them getting a playoff win at home that was that was great to see. I always like to see like negative streaks ending like that. So so that was cool. And congrats to the Bengals. They got a tough one this week. They're going to be playing at the Titans, so that's and Derrick Henry's back, the running back for the Titans. So we'll see how that goes. Um, but I got to touch on the Cowboys game, uh, Dallas. What are you doing? You're paying forty god, who knows what million dollars to Dak Prescott, who can't run a two minute drive offense to save your life at the end of a game in a, in a playoff game. I, I, I would get Don, Dan Marino out of retirement to go ahead and run my two minute drill if I was. It, it's ridiculous. I mean, Tom Brady could do this with his eyes closed. And and then the last play call, if you guys had seen it, I mean, Dallas was out of timeouts, 14 seconds left. They could have thrown two balls into the end zone. They were down by six, so they needed a touchdown. They had a chance to run two plays into the end zone if the first one fell incomplete. And they decided to run a quarterback draw. It's not like they were looking for field position or to get a closer field goal. And somehow they thought that they would have enough time to go ahead and spike the ball. The quarterback moved the ball, or the center, one of them, and didn't realize that the referee, duh, has to go ahead and spot the ball before they run. That cost them the three seconds right there, and by the time they tried to spike the ball, the, the game was over. It's ridiculous. I, I, you know, I, I would be, if I was an owner, I'd be firing whoever called that play immediately. Just, you know, the Cowboys are just like the laughing stock of the playoffs there. They had that one from forever ago where, where Tony Romo fumbled the, the, the short field goal and they lost the game there. It's, I don't know, Cowboys fans. I mean, it's, something's gotta change. I, I would be, I would be so upset at my team. I mean, I was upset and I don't even have a, a dog in the fight, but anyway, um, 
so at the uh, the trivia question for this week for we're going to go back to the NFL here and uh, like I said before the Cincinnati Bengals they won um, their first playoff game since 1990 so it's been 31 years it was the 90 1990 season 1991 playoffs so it was 31 years since they won a playoff game so the trivia question this week is who was the quarterback of that 1990 Bengals team the last time they won a Super Bowl before last or I'm sorry the last time they won a playoff game before last week who was the quarterback of the Cincinnati Bengals as a hint for you guys, he's currently an analyst on CBS, so it's not some random crazy person that you've never heard of before. So um, remember to go ahead and send me the answer to the trivia question for this segment and our other segments to abergufat at hotmail.com. First one to do so with the correct answer, $20 gift card to Target. And thank you so much for listening, and we'll be right back on the Firemark. Hello and welcome back to the Firemark. Again, I'm your host Alex Berg and I'm pleased to be joined by my beautiful oldest daughter, Madison. Say hello, Madison. Hi. Um, as you can tell from the music, that is You're the Best from The Karate Kid, one of the most awesome anthems from sports movies and 80s movies ever. And we're going to be discussing and breaking down over the next several weeks um, the Karate Kid franchise. So... Couple other side bits of news just to get started with though for you sci-fi fans. Um, I did see this week that, uh, for Star Trek, Strange New Worlds is going to be premiering May 5th and they already confirmed the season 2. Um, and then right before that, Picard season 2 is gonna prepare, premiere on March 3rd. And then right before that, Discovery season 4 is gonna premiere on February 10th and that's approved for season 5. So, if you're a Star Trek fan, from February 10th all the way till the end of May or into June, you can watch new episodes of some sort of Star Trek on and on and on and on. So um, in the coming months, we'll we'll be reviewing that as well. But right now, we're going to get into Karate Kid and Cobra Kai. So what I'm doing, what we're doing is um, kind of going in a chronological order. I'm going to start with Karate Kid uh, 1. Then watch Cobra Kai seasons one and two. Then watch Karate Kid part two because I know season three has a lot to do with a couple of characters from Karate Kid part two. Then after that, we'll watch the third movie, Karate Kid part three, because I know season four, they bring back some characters from Karate Kid part three. So if that wasn't confusing enough for everybody. So what we did is we watched Karate Kid, the first movie and the first couple episodes of season one of Cobra Kai. So, uh, no, we've seen them before, but we're kind of going over and evaluating everything. Um, we haven't seen season four yet, Maddie and I, so we're going to be watching that together when we get up to it. Um, so, your thoughts on the beginning of season one of Cobra Kai? I think it's really good. I think, um, like, how they introduce Miguel and, like, how he's, like, the new kid and he's getting bullied and, like, and then, like... Johnny, like, at first, he's like, eh, like, I don't know if I want to help him, like, I don't know if I want to bring back Cobra Kai, and then, like, he gets inspired to bring it back. Yes, yeah. it's, it's great, um, and, and they do so many throwbacks, like, uh, th there's a scene in the dojo 
where uh, I think Miguel was kind of mumbling and, and Johnny was going on a, a rant and then he's like, what is the problem, Mr. Diaz? And it's kind of like, is there a problem, Mr. Lawrence, that, that John Kreese did to Johnny in the in the first movie? And, and uh, that that was pretty cool. And, you know, they, they do so many 80s throwbacks in it. I know Johnny's always wearing, like, 80s T-shirts and he's listening to 80s music and... Um, yeah. Yeah, so uh what were some of the things? It was cool. We watched uh Karate Kid Part 1 uh in 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 my new movie room over here and we noticed uh what were some of the things that you noticed? Oh, I liked when um when Mr. Miyagi is helping out Daniel and like he wants to go to the Halloween party mm-hmm. and then he has like no costume or anything and then Mr. Miyagi helps him out and makes the shower costume and you can actually see like the parts of the shower costume in the background in the scene before. And so yeah. I never noticed that, like, watching the movies before, but then I watched it this time and I noticed that. So I, I know. Like that. Very cool. Very cool stuff. And then uh, we noticed it was funny, too, when uh, I think when, when Daniel and Mr. Miyagi go to the dojo to say, hey, don't bother, boy, I must train. You know, I don't know if I do that accent right. <laughs> anyway, um, when he when he does that... Um, the all the Cobra Kai's are in the background, and the guy that plays Bobby has a has a very hard time holding a straight face during that scene. He's, oh, yeah. he's constantly laughing and smiling, but uh, you know when you when you don't when you're not really paying attention to it because it's in the background, but when you see it, it's really really funny. So, and I'm sure there's other Easter eggs like that all through it. We'll have to go through it again, but uh, but yeah, Cobra Kai is is if you haven't seen Cobra Kai, I mean it's one of the most popular shows on Netflix. So I'm imagining a lot of the listeners here have been seeing it. Um, it's great. It's, it's the throwback. It's the, you know, they, they try to do Miguel as, as the loner and, and then he's being bullied, but the bully happens to be dating, uh, Daniel's daughter. Um, so, uh, you know, and it's a whole thing about, you know, the dorks and the nerds and they're trying to, you know, be more manly so they can talk to the pretty girls and so forth. And, um, and then still the older dynamic about like not, uh, you know, holding on to old grudges because Daniel obviously keeps holding on to this Cobra Kai grudge that he had from so many years ago. And, uh, Johnny's living in the past as well. Cause the first couple episodes, I don't know if you remember, but you know, they have a lot of flashbacks to the movies and so yeah, like, like, that's true. Yeah. Like Johnny's remembering stuff like dating Allie and mm-hmm. fighting with Daniel and so forth. And I mean, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm older, but I don't recollect stuff from 30 years ago that often, you know. <laughs> Um, you kind of just move forward with it, but, um, anyway, so from my, uh, teenager perspective, um, any other thoughts on Cobra Kai? I think it's really cool how, like, they, I think you've said this before, like, how, um, Cobra Kai was meant for, like, the teenagers who are the kids of the people who Mm -hmm. watched Karate Kid, and so they could, like, watch it together and, like, have a thing to, like, bond with it, but, like, I think it's really cool, like, the whole, like, concept of like the nerd kids and then like the popular kids and like that kind of stuff but um yeah yeah that's a great point that uh you know that it's it it's definitely has a lot of teenager ish points to it like high school drama kind of show but it's definitely something that you know that parents can watch with their kids and and that's that's really the formula nowadays for like a great great show that that you can watch as a family um, I, I would like it a little bit, um, 
they have a couple inappropriate things that, you know, depending on the age of your child, like if they're a teenager, 14, 15, 16 years old is okay. But, but they curse. They didn't really curse in the movies and there's some cursing in it and it's just like unnecessary cursing. Like, why do you even have to throw that in? Um, so that was a little strange, but I mean, other than that, an excellent show. I mean, if I have to gig it anything, I give it like a 0.1 gig for that. So a 9.9 out of 10. But, um, anyway, um, that's where we're at about halfway through season one. We're going to wrap up season one and start season two. We'll have that ready for the next podcast and our trivia question for this segment. Um, this is going to be kind of a tricky one, but what do they study at Cobra Kai? This is actually from the first movie. Um, it's something that Kreese tells his students. So if you want to go ahead and I don't mind if you, it's not cheating, just look it up or whatever. If you know it off the top of your head, that's amazing. Um, but it's the way of the what it's, there's a word, it's not warrior, it's not water. That's the way of the something. And what do they study at Cobra Kai? The way of the what? The blank. And what is that way? So it's going to be a two-part question. What is the way of the blank? And then what is that way? So. Wow. Yeah. And if you're like us and you've watched the movie about a million times, you should probably easily get this answer. But, yeah. It might stump some people, you know. I, I honestly, I never even really paid attention. I never un- heard them say that part, the way of the blank. So that was kind of new to yeah, me. Yeah, I forgot that part too. But the the motto is what we're talking about here as well. That's the second part of the question, and and everybody knows that there's merchandise and T-shirts, and it's it's all over the place. So, anyway, Maddie, thanks for joining me. Of course, thank you for letting and, me be in your podcast. And we'll absolutely, and we'll have you back next week and review more Cobra Kai and Karate Kid. Yeah, all right. I'm excited. Sounds good. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to the Firemark. This has been Alex Berg. Remember the email address, abergufuf at hotmail.com. And don't forget to send your trivia questions to win the $20 Target gift card. And we'll talk to you next week.